I'm going to say, what scriptures I'm going to bring. I even script the jokes in. Confession. I think most of us do. And we should, because it's the jokes that Hannes doesn't script in that gets him into trouble. <laughs> but um, a few years ago, I was in India with, uh, with Will, I think Grant, and a few of the guys, and, uh, and Brad Verena from PE. And it asked me to share the next morning on finances at one of the churches. And so, actually, I think he gave me a couple of days' notice. So I spent a couple of days putting together a, a preach. And the evening before, we sat around with everybody, share what's on our hearts. Uh, I share kind of where I'm going with a preach. And, uh, and Will turns around and he says, um, nah. <laughs> so it's going to go way over their heads, completely the wrong direction. You need to rework it. So 10 o'clock at night, I sat up until midnight, 1 in the morning, reworking this whole preach. Thought I've nailed it. We jump in the car on the way to outreach the next morning. And uh, we're getting pretty close to the church now. And so they just asked me again, just, okay, so you feeling better? How's the... So I share it with them. And both Will and Brad go, mm, no. <laughs> and I'm like, oh dear, this isn't funny. Then I've got nothing. I've got absolutely nothing at all. So um, we get into the church. We're into worship. We've got probably five or ten minutes left before I'm going to get up. And uh, I'm just sat with God in worship going, your Lord, help. And he starts downloading stuff. And he's faithful. And I end up getting up and sharing and really enjoyed the time just being led by the Spirit. And as nerve-wracking as it was, it was probably one of the most incredible experiences because it was one of just walking fully dependent on the Spirit. Uh, almost like Moses <laughs> when, he, when God asked him to share. And his, uh, what words? I don't know. Just open your mouth and it'll come. So... Uh, had a preach sort of burning on my heart for the last couple of weeks. I was uh, potentially going to preach last week. Nikki did. Worked on it a bit more. And really tried to not be in a place of structuring and planning. Um, but found through the week I was starting to do that a bit. And I uh, just shared with the guys this morning. And it was India all over again. <laughs> they went, um, No. <laughs> to kind of maybe go this direction a bit more instead of that direction. So you've got half an hour. Go find Jesus. Hear the Spirit. And uh, <laughs> so it's going to be very much unplugged this morning and, uh, and just walking in faith, trusting in God to just uh, hear what it is he wants to share. So exciting. If I kind of have to take a few little pause moments and bits to see if there's anything that I am going to rescue, then uh, and just bear with me for a little while. But um, it, it was actually beautiful listening this morning because one of the songs came up um, and uh, Light of the World. And when I first got saved and got baptized, it was, it was my song. And I think many of you may know, especially married couples, well, we often have that special song with the married couple that we dance to at our wedding Youth, you're going to find out in time to come, or uh, maybe if there's already been, been uh, different uh, little songs that you've started getting butterflies over as time's gone on. 
But there's always one of those special songs somewhere, and Light of the World was that special song for me and Jesus in relationship with him and coming to know him, uh, and kind of like our, our wedding song. And so I had tears in my eyes when it was playing this morning, um, because I think very much the heart of what God wants me to share is something of my journey with him, and a journey of what he rescued me from and brought me into. And coming from the, the UK, it's a very different culture. Even now, I watch some programs with my wife, and there's whole stuff going on in the UK culture, and she's like, do they let the kids do that in the UK? It's like, is that a common thing? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very much, uh, it's very much uh, yeah, uh, not a great culture for the youth to grow up in, and wasn't a great culture for me to grow up in. Um, and so I was very, very unsaved, and uh, there's no point in necessarily putting a scripture on the board, but uh, the, the, the kind of acts, the desires of the flesh at that point. And as I look through now and I see I, I, I probably hit most of them, immorality, impurity, idolatry, even witchcraft. There was a, a couple of points of doing Ouija boards, hatred, disagreements, drunkenness, envy, uh, the list goes on, and I don't think there's many of them that I, that I wasn't walking in and, uh, and desiring. But God had other plans, and he desired to have a relationship with me. And yes, thank you, Lord. And he desired to pull me into family. And in doing so, he came and spent a while walking with me, meeting me where I was at, and, and if I share kind of some of the, the things and the relationship I had with God as he started to introduce himself to me, um, it, it, may, it may kind of rock a few, a few religious beliefs, um, but it, it, was, it was my walk with him. And so it would be in a place where I would literally drive around at up to 240 k's an hour most of the time, but uh, praying, Lord, keep me safe. <laughs> I don't know if I prayed keep people safe around me. I probably did, but, uh, but I used to pray keep me safe. And, and it was um, no surprise that up until the day of kind of coming into relationship with Jesus, my claim to fame was that I had wrote off more cars than I'd owned. So there was, uh, there was moments where I had gambling problems and a lot of gambling issues. And I can remember one time I'd been in a casino and it was, I lived with my nan, and it was her rent money that, uh, that I had left, and I kept to one side. And then I went, drew it out at one o'clock in the morning, and walked out, lost the whole rent money, was praying, Lord, come on, I've just got to give her rent money back. And as I walked out, I found an equivalent of about a 50 rand chip in my pocket, and walked back in, and walked out two hours later with my nan's rent money. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> there was a place I really believe where the Lord came along and, and he did meet me where I was at he did come and walk and, and just start showing himself uh, showing his love, his grace, his compassion, his mercy um, but, but he wasn't going to walk in that way and just allow me to go on forever like that and uh, I think it got to a point where he allowed my life to become a complete mess, and I uh, was an alcoholic, I was about to start a career as a drug dealer, I was bankrupt, 
and uh, in a really, really messed up, broken place. My mum and my nan had always told me, God has these great plans for you. And, uh, and I remember one day, I didn't have any money for drugs or anything, so I was stone cold sober and able to probably hear God a bit. <laughs> it's no reference to Rafanis' <laughs> Um So uh, I was able to hear God more clearly. And I said, God, where's all these plans that you've got for me? And he, he spoke to me and he said, they're going to happen when you face your addictions. I told him, what addictions? I'm not addicted to anything. I can give up any time I want. He told me, you can lie to yourself, you can lie to your family, but you can't lie to me. And uh, he began a, a journey, a walk with me as I cried out and said, what do I do? Where, where do I go? I, I want healing. I, I want to walk with you. I want to know you. I want relationship. I don't want the desires of the flesh and uh, all of these obvious desires of the flesh. And so God told me, go away at the weekend and um, I'm going to heal you. And so I had to borrow some money from my mum, borrow a car from my aunt, and me and my little dog, we went away that weekend. We went for a few walks along the beach. And in that time, after years and years of different addictions, there was no addictions. What God completely set me free of all of it in the weekend. It was really, amen. There was no striving, no trying. The addictions had just gone. And then God told me, I forget, when you get back... Um, well, actually, on the way there, he told me, when you get back, I want you to open this and share it with your mum. And I'm telling God, but you've healed me. I don't need to share this with my mum or anyone. I'm healed. It's great. We're running together. And, uh, and he, he showed me that as I walk this road with him, there's going to be many of these desires that are going to keep coming up. There's going to be many of the desires of the flesh. Scripture says the spirit and the, the flesh wage war against each other. And so there'll be the desires trying to pull me back in. And that I needed to walk in a place of accountability. I needed to walk in a place of relationship, of family that loved me, in order to be able to be brought through. It wasn't something that I was going to be able to do on my own. And so I did. Uh, I shared with my, my mother. And uh, it's just an awesome time, awesome experience. And it was the first step towards really working this, walking this journey. So now I was having a great time with God, very much enjoying him. And um, life was looking good. I'd, uh, I'd got a good job in, in sales. I'd moved to the big city, London. And, um, and so now life seemed good in him. I, I wanted to kind of say, okay, now what else do I want in life? And uh, one of the things I wanted was a wife. I saw, uh, saw all of these people around me. And... Uh, I'm like, Lord, I don't want to be alone. I really, really, I love times with you. I love getting up early, spending the time, walking with you. But, uh, but I want a wife. And I'm going to stand over this side to talk for a little while. <laughs> for no particular reason. And um, my desire was for a wife so much. Let's just leave this. <laughs> my desire was for a wife so much that um, I was talking to my mother one day. And she said to me, so when are you going to find yourself a wife? And I'm like, I don't know, whenever God gives me one. And she said, well, where do you go in life that you are likely to find the type of wife God's got for you? She says, where do you go? I said, well, I go to work. I go to the pub. Only drinking orange juice. I was playing darts at the time. And, uh, and I go to the gym. And she said, so of those places, where are you going to find a wife? I'm like, well, maybe I'll find a really attractive wife down the gym. I don't know, place to start. 
And she said to me, I think you need to go to church. And, uh, and I'm like, mm, yeah, okay, I'll give you that. Maybe I'll find the right godly woman at church. So confession, not that any of you would have probably ever been here for this reason. <laughs> but my motive for going to church was to find a wife. <laughs> and uh, I desired a wife, and I was looking, and I wasn't finding, and I was looking, and I wasn't finding, and I was falling in love with Jesus at the same time, but uh, I was desiring a wife at the same time, not necessarily a bad thing. But when the desire becomes more than the Lord, then it can be a problem. Uh, and when the focus becomes a point of the mountains that Hannah spoke about, that your focus is on getting over this mountain, getting the solution, uh, instead of just a focus on the Lord, then it can start becoming a problem. And um, it, it had to get to the point where eventually I laid it down and uh, moved over to South Africa, and where eventually after laying it down and going, Lord, do you know what? If it's just me and you, if it's like Paul and it's me and you, I'm okay with that. In fact... I think I can actually get excited about that. I can get excited about a journey with just me and you. And it was about a week later that my wife and I met. <laughs> and the rest was history from there. And so just getting to that place of laying this desire, which wasn't necessarily a bad desire, but laying it down for a desire for him and a relationship with him even greater. So now, back to the UK. Uh, I was really, really enjoying these times with him. And I'd get up at 5 o'clock every morning. I'd spend an hour, an hour and a half with him. And then I'd have to get ready for work and leave by 7. A lot of traveling, slow traffic in London. And uh, it, it really bugged me that sometimes I was in the middle of this insane just moment with the Lord. Just his presence, the worship, really, really just feeling his love and not wanting to leave that place. And morning after morning, I'd find myself in that place. And I'm going, Lord, this is not fair. I have to leave to go to work. And I, I, I want to be, if I want to worship you for three, four hours in the morning, I want to just be able to have the freedom to spend three, four hours in the morning. If I want to stop what I'm doing in the middle of the day and just come and spend time with you, I want to have that freedom. So I started praying, Lord, I want a business. I want my own business. I don't want to work for someone. Because if you give me my own business, I can be my own boss of my own time. And then I can spend whatever time I want with you. And within a short space of time, he answered that prayer. And he gave me a business. Now, the problem is, the word business has got that word busy in it. And you kind of get busy. And you start working very, very long hours, especially starting off a business. And then you get into a habit and a routine and uh, you really start pouring a lot of your life into it, which I did. And the desire for business, the desire for, for the wealth and the money that came with it, even though I wanted to use the money to give it away, but, uh, but there was a desire to make it, to give it away. And so in that place, it became, became a journey over many years where there was just this constant wrestle um, I really felt a calling and a burden for his church. And when I moved to South Africa and when I got involved with Josh Jen, and uh, for those of you that maybe haven't been around in Josh Jen for very long, I've been in churches in the UK, I've been in some in South Africa. I'm not knocking them, but I found family in Josh Jen. 
I really, really found something of family that I hadn't seen anywhere. And I, I started to get the revelation of church and of his bride and of his heart for family and his heart for the body. And I fell in love with the body. I fell in love with the Lord even more so. Um, but there was a constant wrestle. And even coming on to eldership, there, there was a constant wrestle of going, yeah, there was times where I was almost resenting having to be in the workplace because I just wanted, to, just wanted to run all out for the Lord. But I knew that there was a calling in the workplace as well. And, um, and I hated it when, when the desires of, of maybe different areas in the workplace and finances started gripping me. And, and, and instead of just trying to get victory in those areas, the heart became a place of, well, then maybe it means I must just get out the workplace completely and go full-time. And I really admired some of the full-time elders like Hannes and Darby, where they come, if you hear their stories... I mean, they had great opportunities. Mike Davis had incredible opportunities, business opportunities, huge sales management opportunities, a lot of money. But uh, they gave it up, and they gave it up to just come and serve the Lord with everything. And so when I looked at that, there was something inside that was going, yeah, but then maybe I just need to give everything up, and then I won't have those wrestles, and then I can go and serve the Lord with everything. And um, over many years, it's been this, this wrestle between the two of a calling in the business place and a calling in eldership, and a calling in the business place and a calling, and I'm just going, Lord, surely one or the other, which one? And he'd never released me from that. And, uh, and over time, became a place of eventually getting a victory for a while, and then coming back, and a victory for a while, and then coming back. And, and this is an ongoing walk with the Lord. And I actually don't like preaching for the very simple fact that it says, teachers, you'll be judged more harshly than most. And I can preach on this now, and I can be walking in victory in it now. And in six months' time, you guys can look at me and go, hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you're walking in the same victory that you was then. So, uh, so have grace for me if I'm not. And uh, come and throw the come and throw the stone, or point out the splinter, as long as you don't have it in your eye when you do. But um, but it's it's been a place of. I had a walk on the beach with the Lord the other day, and I, I was about to go and just spend the normal time with Him. You know, tick those boxes, and you've got to spend this bit of time, and you've got to do it this way, and you've got to read your chapter for the day, and maybe just write a bit around it. And surely you're doing okay with the Lord if you're ticking all of the right boxes and going through the right motions, going to the right meetings. And uh, I think I'd very much got into that place for a season, uh, especially while there was more wrestles and more pressures within the business place. And so I went to go and tick some of those boxes again. And then the Lord said to me, just go for a walk on the beach. And so I'm like, okay, it's different. So I took my dog went for a walk on the beach, and as I was walking along, the Lord just reminded me, and he said, remember that first walk we had on the beach, just you and your dog? Remember that place that you was in? Remember how I came and set you free of all of your addictions and brought you out of all of the desires, and you fell in love with me? And he just started reminding me of that. 
And, and he showed me all of the obvious sins that he'd set me free from. But over the years, and, and even recently, there's also the not-so-obvious desires of the flesh. You can have the desires for uh, a spouse to love you, or for a spouse. You can have the desires for kids. You can have desires which in themselves don't, don't seem wrong. But if you don't stop to ask God, God, is this your desire for me? Is this what you've called me to walk in? I mean, even Simon Peter turned around when Jesus said, this is what's going to happen. I'm, I'm going to suffer. I'm going to die. And Simon Peter, a good heart. I mean, it wasn't a bad thing to say, no, Lord, you're not going to die. This will never happen to you. And Jesus calls him Satan. <laughs> and he says, you have in mind the things of man, not the things of God. And so... <laughs> And so, even these years of walking with him has been a case of, uh, am, I trying to, am I trying to be led by my desires? Am I trying to work out stuff in my wisdom? Or am I hearing the wisdom of the Lord? Am I hearing the wisdom that leads to life? Am I hearing what does God want me in? I don't want to walk out of business and just go full-time ministry if he's called me to be in business. Because then that's going to be wrong. And so in every area, what does the Lord desire? Uh, even with kids, when we, we got married, we was really blessed. God showed us the heart of his heart of adoption straight away. Daryl reminded me this morning. Um, and with our daughter that we adopted very soon after getting married. And, uh, and it was incredible to just be able to experience that and experience something of family and God's love. Um, but we also had a heart for more children. We, we had a heart for my wife to experience pregnancy and a desire for that. And uh, after two miscarriages later, it can really get to a point where in both of us, the hurts are there, and you start desiring even more. Um, and so there was a real desire to fall pregnant and have a child. Uh, and again, the, the focus becomes there so much. And so eventually she did fall pregnant again. We was probably about 12 weeks into the pregnancy, started bleeding heavily, went to hospital in the middle of the night, and we're both going. Yeah, normally one encourages the other, or you've got a bit of faith, it's going to be okay. But I think both of us, there was no faith. We just thought, this is, this is happening again. We've lost this one as well. And uh, we get to the hospital, completely expecting to just be told, sorry, go home, nothing more we can do. And um, eventually went to the back of one of these rooms, and there was this uh, Muslim lady that was there doing the scan. And as she's doing the scan, there's not an ounce of hope. We're looking with all, almost an expectancy of seeing nothing. And I kind of look, and there's a bit of movement, and it sounds like a sound. And she says, well, there's the heartbeat. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> Take a closer look. She says, the baby's fine. Everything's closed up. There's the heartbeat. The baby's good. I dropped onto my knees on the floor. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Muslim woman must have, I don't know what. But, yeah. And it was just a place where, where the Lord came and met. And, uh, and testimony after testimony of where he's come and met. And he's come and met in desires. And desires that he has had for us as well. Uh, and a desire to come and walk with us. And so through life there are many desires that we can have, but there is none that is greater than the desire of relationship with him. There is none that is greater 
of going, Lord, what do you want for my life? Where do you want me to go? Do you want me to pack up everything and go to Benoni? (laughs) You'd have to hear the Lord for that. (laughs) You want me to pack up everything and go to Zanzibar or somewhere really? No, yeah, that's... (laughs) But Lord, what do you want? When all stuff is going wrong in South Africa, it's amazing how many people can start hearing a calling to other places. Lord, is that what you're calling? Or are you calling me to be here? And be a part of the solution of bringing your light and your hope to a lost and hopeless place. And so, in God's desires, and I don't know where I am, what I've said, what I haven't, but, uh, <laughs> but in God's desires, I think as I was quickly scratching some notes that I can barely read down this morning, I realized God gave me the desire for a bride. God gave me the desire for kids. And he gives me a desire for kids that love me, that honor, that respect, and that love one another. And and it makes my heart so warm. I'm not going to say which one. (laughs) But there's been times when I've asked one of them if they'll do something. And it's a moan, and it's a complain, and it's a Who's got kids got Xboxes and computers and stuff? Who's, who's ever heard the phrase, I'm in a match? <laughs> Let me just finish this match. Or, I'm just a schlep and eventually they'll come and they'll do what you want them to do. And then there's other times with one of the others where you ask and before you've even finished with a smile and a joy and a run around and this eagerness to come and help dad and work with dad and Come and put the net back on the pool with me. And he's there with so much zeal and passion. And I can't tell you what it does to my heart. Parents, I'm sure you'll know. <laughs> it's just this place of, yeah. And, and it's not wanting them to do it out of works. And it's not all the rest of it. It's just this place where they want to please. It's this place where they're in such a relationship that what else they're busy with right now isn't so important as coming and just being with the Father. And, and so, then there's times when many parents will know if any of your kids ever fight, argue, you know, maybe just mine. <laughs> Constantly, they're at each other's throats. And it's like their worst of enemies. You're scared, you've got to intervene so they don't kill each other. And then there's other times when they are best of friends and the relationship is so close, it's incredible. And they love each other and they serve each other and they'll... They'll have the last sweet and they'll know you have it and just, just this beautiful, beautiful heart. And when they're like that, again, it's just like, yeah. And when they're at each other's throats, I see some brothers and sisters and brothers and brothers like, <laughs> when they're at each other's throats, it's just something inside and it's like, oh, Lord, where do we get to a place of just this love? And I think through that, God reveals something of his heart and his heart to have a bride. His heart, his desire is for a bride that he can love, that he can be in relationship with, that can love him, not tick boxes, not, oh, did I buy my wife flowers this week? I better set up a reminder. Let's make sure. Uh, But a place of just out of love. And his desire is for kids. His desire is for kids that are going to love him 
I'm going to honor him. I'm going to obey him. I'm going to seek his ways and seek his wisdom. And his desire is for kids that will love one another. When he sees us worshiping, when he sees us serving one another, when he sees us doing things, giving up our time, giving up what we're busy with to be his hands and feet and go and pray and go and serve, make meals for each other when we're sick. Yeah, must make his heart jump so much. Must make you so much joy. And when he sees us fighting and arguing and squabbling and having splits and walking away and bad-mouthing each other, hey, he's got to hate it. He's got to break his heart. And so as we set our eyes on him, we cannot love one another like that unless we know his love first. We can't love one another with the love of Christ, unless we know the love of Christ. And if we do, and if we really walk in that, this, this, will, become, this will become natural. And so it's now the part of the journey where once again, I said to the guys this morning, when I went for, for a walk on that beach, it was like I became born again again. It's like I found my first love all over again. And just the place of Lord... I want to serve you, I want to love you, I want to be with you, spend time with you, serve your body, love my brothers and sisters. And just been an incredible, incredible freeing place. And as you lay down the different desires of the world, he'll ask you to walk in some of them but walk with wisdom. As you lay down the others and walk with him, and then he'll bring you back to that place. And so Hannah's made a call this morning, and he made a call almost as if you've never had a relationship with Jesus, and it was awesome to see some responses that angels would have been rejoicing big time. But I think that call goes wider this morning than just that. I don't know how long I've been, but I think it's long enough. (laughs) Because I think the call that goes wider than that, and I think actually with the same call that he made, as a call for us, that if we have drifted, if we've wandered, if we've got to a place where stuff has just become heavy, if church has become heavy, if the, if, if the, the burdens, he says his yoke is easy, his burden is light. If his burdens are feeling heavy, it's because we're carrying a whole load of other stuff we shouldn't be carrying. And if we can let that go, his burdens aren't going to feel heavy at all. And so maybe if the worship guys come up, And I think if you've been in a place, the same as the call he made, if there are those mountains, if you've been in a place where there have been heavy burdens, if you've been in a place where you've been trying to run, you've been trying to make it in the world, you've been trying to make it as a Christian, you've been trying to tick the boxes, make sure you get your Bible reading in. He just wants to release you of all of that. He just wants to take it all off. Lay all of the burdens at his feet. Put it down. Come to him, all those that are hungry and thirsty, for him for righteousness. And just come and find that life again that he breathes in. Because in him there's life.